Hello everybody, welcome back to 929. We're in chapter 15 of Leviticus, Tedva Vaikra. Um, this one is talking about the ritual impurity of a man's unhealthy discharge and also about the ritual impurity of impurity of seminal immersion, ritual impurity of mens menstruation, ritual impurity of abnormal menstruation, and yeah, pretty much. So it starts off by saying that if any man has an unhealthy watery venereal, venereal discharge from his body, his discharge is ritually impure. Um, I, to be honest, don't really know what that is. Um, <laughs> um, I'm trying to Google this. Uh, you know, it could be like a thick white discharge, it could be like a yeast infection. Um, okay. Painful urination, pain during sex, intercourse, chlamydia, gonorrhea, trichomonas vaginas. Oh my gosh, STIs. It could be about like I. It could be white and thick or clear and watery, for a man. This is definitely talking about a man. That's that's the thing here. So, okay. Uh, but let's see what the Torah talks about this charge. Um, in addition to the natural evil impulse which God implanted into man, our tendency to evil is further strengthened by sin. This can occur at three different levels. A. Primordial. The sin of the three of no tree of knowledge strengthened the evil impulse of Adam, Eve, and all their descendants. B. Acute. In addition to the above, you can choose to incite your evil impulse to sin even more than its own tendency to do so. C. Chronic. After doing this for a period of time, the evil impulse will become addicted to its excessive sinful behavior so that it no longer needs to be incited. And, yeah. Interesting. Um... Wait, it continues somewhere. Uh, Zav is a person who is in state of ritual impurity due to sickness. In spiritual terms, this corresponds to the sickness of increasing the natural strength of the evil impulse by sinful behavior. More precisely, the, tree of, the three levels of strengthening the evil impulse described above corresponds to the three types of Zav. A. A person who has a single unhealthy discharge becomes a Zav, even if it was accidental. This corresponds to the primordial strengthening of the evil impulse, which affects every person, though through no fault of his own. Um, 
B. The second discharge must, however, be intentional. This corresponds to the acute strengthening of the evil impulse, where a person actively incites himself to sin more. C. The third discharge of the za'av could be accident could be accidental, so long as the previous two dischargers were intentional. This corresponds to the chronic strengthening of the evil impulse, which begins intentionally but eventually causes the person to sin addictively, even without choosing to do so. Nevertheless, the Torah provides a means of removing even this from this for, of ritual impurity, teaching us that there is hope for every person to free himself from the confines of his evil impulse. Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schnurson. <clears throat> Immerses his flesh in living spring water. Water. Why does an impure person become purified through immersion in water? After immersing himself in water, he feels as though he were just formed anew, like in the beginning of creation when the world was entirely covered by water. Also, immersion symbolizes uh, to the impure person that he should cleanse his soul from sin, like water which serves as an agent to cleanse everything it touches. Beautiful. So it's just talking about, you know, if this person is impure, everything, like anyone he touches, anyone, you know, if he spits on someone, they become impure, like... Um, if he sits uh, somewhere, that person can't sit there, you know, the clothes that he wear are impure, like, literally, like, everything, and all of that has to be cleansed, all of that has to go into, um, like, a spiritual bath, I think he, he needs to bring, um, like, a mikveh, I mean, he needs to bring, uh, he needs to go to the mikveh, and I think also needs to bring, um, um, what's it called? Yeah, it says here, on the eighth day, he should take for himself two turtle doves and two young. He needs to bring sacrifices, basically. Um, yeah. Also, it talks about the ritual of ritual impurity of seminal immersion. And I will just read all of this because it's really short. If a man has an immersion of semen, he should immerse all his body in the, in the water of ritual pool. And he will remain ritually impure until the evening. Any garment of any leather object uh, which has semen on it should be immersed in the water of the ritual pool and it will remain ritually impure until the evening. If a woman will lie with a man and he will have a seminal immersion, they shall immerse, immerse themselves in the water of ritual pool and they will remain ritually impure until the evening. I don't know about you, but I clearly understood from this that men clearly need to go to the mikveh after sex. Because it's not saying that it was uh, like uh, I don't know maybe I maybe it's hinting to us that it was not intercourse but I'm understanding that this is intercourse yeah. Then it talks about the ritual impurity of menstruation. Uh, you know, I mean, this one is, you know, if she, if a woman has a menstrual discharge and her uterus discharges blood, she will remain in the states of nida um, 
physical separation for seven days. And of course, whatever she lies upon, whatever she touches, anyone who touches her bedding should immerse in anyone who touches any object on which she will sit should immerse his garments. Um, you know, like they have to clean themselves up or it's not good. Um, yeah. Right, so if a man lies with her, the ritual impurity of her menstruation will be upon him and he will be ritually impure for seven days. Any, wow, if he sleeps with her, he's also impure for seven days. Any bedding he lies upon will become ritually impure. Wow. So if he sleeps with her and then she, they both count, wow, this is crazy. The ritual impurity of abnormal menstruation, you know, um, basically if a woman has blood flowing from her uterus as many as three days, when it is not the time of her menstrual separation, after counting seven days from her normal period, or she has a discharge of uterine blood for three days that occur a day or more after her counting seven days from her normal menstruation period, then she has a more severe ritual impurity than that of normal menstruation. And then it lists the laws. She has to count again seven clean days. She also has to give a sacrifice. And basically all of this chapter, what it talks about, all of these laws of the man who has an unhealthy, watery, even real discharge, a man who has a seminal immersion or an apparent immersion, emission through of which he becomes ritually impure, a woman who has her menstrual flow, a man or woman who has multiple discharges, and a man who lies with a ritually impure person. Um, and you, Moshe and Aaron, should ensure that the children of Israel are dissociated from their ritual impurity so that their ritual impurity does not cause them to die if they defile my tabernacle that I've placed amongst them. Hizaltem, disassociated, is relevant to the word zal, which means foreign. The verse implies that impurity should be foreign to you. Moshe and Aaron are told not to only ensure that their children of Israel do, Israel do not become impure, but that the very notion of impurity should become alien and foreign to them. We are different. We are Jewish people. We are different. And that is that. That is chapter 15. Thank you for listening. Yashir Koach.